Well, good morning, everyone, and uh, welcome to the jar. We're so glad that you chose to uh, hang out with us today. And uh, my name's Chris, and if you would, I'd like you to pull out uh, this card, our Get Connected card. And so if you could pull that out and start filling it out, that would be great. And uh, if you are more techie and you want to do that, you can go on our app, at uh, the, just go to the app store, and uh, the JAR app is there, and you can uh, look at that as well. We'll uh, receive those at the end uh, of our celebration together. Well, uh, today is our last day here at the Y, but uh, we're excited. Yeah, we're excited uh, to see what God's going to do in Chapter 2, and we want to celebrate uh, kind of what God has already done here. And we know he's impacted many lives, and uh, God doesn't change, so he's going to continue to impact more lives uh, going forward. Now, as we look to uh, next week, uh, there's a couple things I would like you to do. And uh, one is, we're going to show you a video uh, real quick of uh, the actual uh, uh, commercial that is on YouTube and uh, Facebook right now, and so we're going to show it now. us are looking for a place, a place we can be ourselves, somewhere we can be accepted and loved the way we are, not the way people want us to be. This life is hard, and we can't do it alone. We need community, people who come alongside of us to support and encourage us, not out of our struggles, but through them. We're all looking for a place, a place to belong. All right, pretty cool, yeah? So this is what I'd like you to do. If you have a smartphone, pull it out right now, okay? Pull out your smartphone. If you're not smarter than your phone, then pull out the person beside you's phone, okay? And uh, pull up uh, here on Facebook. If you can, uh, take your phones out. Share this on your Facebook friend or on your Facebook page with your friends. And uh, to do that, you simply go to the Jar Community Church's Facebook. So go to Facebook, then pull up the Jar Community Church, and you'll find a video that's pinned at the top. And uh, what I'd like you to do is to click the share button on the bottom right-hand corner of this video, and then that will share it on your timeline, okay? So if you don't know how to do that, ask somebody beside you because I don't either, okay? Um, but uh, Mikey usually does that for me. So uh, if you can go ahead and uh, do that, that would be great. I'll give you a moment to finish that. All right. So uh, we want to encourage you to, uh, to do that. 
and uh, you may have to do it again sometime this week as well. Um, uh, do you guys have an invitation in your program that has an invite? Okay. Uh, we will have some for you before you leave today. Um, but we'll have an invite when you leave uh, that says you belong. And basically what we're going to do is simply uh, have an opportunity for you to actually share an invitation with someone else. So uh, when you leave today, you'll get one of those, and uh, you can do that. Now, uh, when you get to the Civic next week, uh, one of the things we want to encourage you to do is to park uh, in parking lot B. And we actually have a, a picture of that uh, that's up here. And uh, if you can see, uh, there's uh, a parking lot right across uh, from the Civic, and then there's one a little bit further east. And so if you can park at that one, uh, that would be great. That'll leave us some room uh, for other people uh, to do that as well. And then uh, kind of just the last thing. Uh, on our trial run, we had 97 adults that were in the first celebration. But one thing that would help everyone is if you do two things, scoot up and scoot in, okay? So uh, that's what we would encourage you to do. You scoot up and you scoot in because we really think that God's going to bring a lot of people, uh, both to the first and second. And I know some of you like to sit in the back and you like to sit way in the back. But uh, we want to leave those back seats for people who come in who are new and uh, they like to sit in the back too, okay? So at least for that time, you can scoot up and scoot in and just think about that as we move uh, to the Y. Um, well, uh, let's, uh, and, and if you're a person who really wants to not be seen, we have a balcony now, okay? So you can go up in the balcony and not be seen. Just don't shoot spit wads at me, okay? Uh, just don't do that. All right, well, let's uh, pray, and then we'll dive into our teaching this morning. Let's pray. Well, God, thank you so much for being so faithful to us. And we are so grateful for what you've done in this space and this place. And we look with great anticipation of what you're going to do in chapter 2 as we move to the civic. I pray that you would bless us and bless us indeed, that you would enlarge our territory of reaching people in our community, and that you would help us to do good, God, and that you would help us to keep the evil one away. And so, God, we come now and we ask that your Holy Spirit would change us and move in such a way that your name would be made great. So, God, we ask that you move and have your way now so that lives would be changed in this place and we would have a greater desire to reach people for Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Fourteen years ago, I stood on a stage with one section of stage. And that divider that is up in the middle of the gym, we put it down through the middle so it looked a lot more full than how many people were actually here, okay? And when we did that, we had one particular commitment that we told people about. And the theme that this church was going to be about, and it was this, that people matter to God. That people 
really, really matter to God. Big people and little people, um, skinny people and not so skinny people, strong people and weak people, black people and brown people, white people and mixed people, agnostics, atheists, Christians, non-Christians, people who make six figures and people who are homeless, people who have big noses, like look at this schnauz, okay? Okay? And people who have beautiful noses like some of you. I want you to know I don't like you if you have a beautiful nose. I mean, you matter to God, but I don't like you, okay? And folks, that very first Sunday, and every Sunday since then, what we have said is that people matter to God. That people really, really matter to God. But if people matter to God so much, why is it that we're often hesitant to tell other people about God? Why are we hesitant to share about Jesus and what he has actually done in our lives? Well, I'd like to share with you four reasons of why, just kind of rapid fire style, why we often hesitate to share our faith. Number one, because we are afraid. Okay? The first one, because we are afraid. I was this way for many, many, many years. Uh, it wasn't until I was 27 that I actually started to go outside the church to try to connect with other people who were outside the church because I was afraid. I was raised a PK, a preacher's kid, and the church felt really comfortable. I knew everybody, I knew their names, but the people who were outside was a little bit more scary. And it wasn't until we moved here to Muncie and I took a huge risk and I walked across uh, our street to my neighbor and I reached out to him that all of a sudden I just decided that I'm afraid, but I don't want to be afraid anymore. I want to reach out to people and to let them know that they matter to God. And the reason that I was afraid was because I didn't want to be rejected. I felt safe in the church, and anywhere outside the church, I was scared to death. Why do we hesitate? Number one, because we're afraid. Number two, because we don't feel qualified. We don't feel qualified. How many of you have ever said, I don't feel that I'm qualified? Just raise your hand. How many of you have ever felt that? Sure, all of us. Yeah, I mean... What if I go and I walk across the street and someone asks me a question that I don't know the answer to? What if they ask something in the Bible, and it's a pretty big book, folks, you know what I mean? There's a lot of questions that you could ask that I might not know the answer to. What if I get to a place where they know more than I do and I don't know what to say? Why do we hesitate? Because we're afraid and because we don't think we're qualified. Number three, we don't want to be pushy. We don't want to be pushy. I guarantee that some of you have known some pushy Christians before. I mean, you know, the type of people that come up and go, you need Jesus. 
And you need eternity. And if you don't get those things, you're going to burn in the fiery gates of hell. And all of a sudden you're like, whoa, that's pretty heavy there. I don't know what to do. And it's just like religion, 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 religion. I mean, if you squeeze those people, they would burp religion. You know what I mean? Like if you squeeze them, it would just come out. And you look at those people and you're like, stop, stop, stop. You're not helping anybody. Just stop. And you don't want to be that person. And so what happens is we go, hey, I don't want to be very pushy. And so we chill back and we're like, we're not pushy. And what happens is sometimes we don't say anything at all. And because of our fear that we don't want to be pushy, we actually become silent and we say nothing. Number four, and this is probably the saddest one, but it's the one that I fall into and I bet you guys have too as well, and it's this, we are complacent. We just become complacent. To be honest, we simply don't care. We're kind of like, well, you know, my life's good, and I already know Jesus, and I go to church, and I know I'm going to heaven, and so we just become complacent, and we don't care that much. Folks, let me remind you something, and that is you don't need a spiritual degree to share your faith. You don't have to go to seminary. You don't have to take so many Bible classes. You don't have to be an expert on anything. You don't have to know all the questions. Why? Because this is the truth. If you're a follower of Christ, you are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you. His Spirit came into you so that you can share what God has done in your life. Jesus rose from the dead... Not just so once a year we all can get together and go, Happy Easter, let's throw some eggs out. No, He rose from the dead so that you would actually invest in people because people matter to God. Did you realize that you are an ambassador? If you're a follower of Christ, you're an ambassador. Some of you are like, no one's ever thought that I was that stately before, you know? But you're an ambassador. You're an ambassador for Christ. You were sent here on planet Earth to be able to share His message with others. Why? Because people matter to God. And this is the truth, folks. God wants you to make sure that people matter to you. You see, people matter to God. The problem is sometimes people don't matter to other people because we go on with our own way. So, how can we share the love of Jesus to others? How can we do that? Well, here's the first way that you can share your faith. You can use what you have. You can use what you have. One of uh, Jesus' closest friends, uh, who actually became one of his disciples, was a guy by the name of Matthew. And one particular day... Jesus is walking down a road the very first time they ever met, and he looks, and there's this guy, and he's in this tax collecting booth. In other words, he's like a present-day IRS agent who is uh, on this road. And Jesus is walking by, and he sees him, this cheating tax collector who would take money from people, pay some to Rome, and then pocket a lot of it in his own pockets. 
And he sees him, and Jesus simply walks up to him and says, follow me. Follow me. Now, I'm sure all of Matthew's other cheating tax collector buddies are looking and they're like, follow you? He's not going to follow you. Why would he ever follow you? I mean, he's so wealthy and rich and he's got all kinds of stuff. He's not going to give that up for you. But you know what? They were wrong. They were dead wrong. And this is what happened. Matthew's in his tax collecting booth. He's got his little, you know, cash register. And he's like, I'm leaving it all. And I'm going to go follow that guy because I don't know why it is. But the way that he said my name and the way that he called me, I want to give my rest of my life to him. And within a few short hours, Matthew's life was totally transformed. And he bought into the good news of Jesus Christ, hook, line, and sinker. He's just like, I'm in. I'm going to follow you. And when Jesus changed Matthew's life, he just couldn't keep it to himself. He didn't want to just keep that message to himself. So he had to share it with others. Now think about this. Matthew has only known Jesus for a few hours. Do you think he knows all the Bible to be able to share that with people? No. Do you think that he was a pastor? No. Do you think he had religious training? No. Do you think he would have miserably failed if anyone would have asked him a God question? Yes, he would have. He wasn't in any small group here in the jar, although if you're not in one, you should be. And he wasn't volunteering in jar kids. So this guy literally meets Jesus and he knows nothing whatsoever about what to do except there's something about that guy that I've got to follow in the message that he gave to me. And he follows him the rest of his life. Well, after his life is transformed... This is what Matthew says. He goes, I know nothing, (laughs) but I know Jesus, and so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw a party, because I'm good at throwing parties. And look at what he says, in what it says in Luke chapter 5. Later on, Jesus left the town. He saw a tax collector named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple. He said to him, So Matthew got up. What did he do? He left everything and he followed him. Later, Matthew held a banquet, a party, in his home with Jesus as the guest of honor. Many of Matthew's fellow tax collectors and other guests ate with him. But the Pharisees, the people who burped religion, okay, those religious people... And their teachers of the religious law complained bitterly to Jesus' disciples, why do you eat and drink with such what? They call him scum. Here's Matthew. He's like standing there. He's like, why are they calling me scum? And Jesus answered them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. So this is what Matthew does. He goes down to the butcher shop, gets some burger. Let's put these burgers on the grill. Not burgers, okay? Some of you are like, what did he just say? Uh, burgers, hamburgers, okay? Put some burgers on the grill. 
and then let's get a great big TV because they had this flat screen. We're going to put the game on. He invites one of the local bands to come after the big game, and then they all kind of have this great experience together, and his buddies get to meet Jesus, and when they met him, all of a sudden their lives are changed, and it all started with Matthew simply using what he had, which was the gift of throwing a party. And folks, in the same way, you can use whatever you have to help people come to Christ. You can use what you have to reach those individuals that you love. Anyone here a good cook? Good cooks never raise their hand, do they? But there are many of you that are. But if you can cook, this is what you should do. Invite some of your co-workers over. People rarely refuse food, okay? And if you're good at it, just invite them over, and all of a sudden you'll have your masterpiece that you make, and then after it's done, they'll start asking you questions, and you can help them with the nourishment of their soul. Any of you ladies like to get your nails done, okay? Like to get your nails done. Here's a great thing you could do. Have a pedicure party. If you don't have enough money to go to one of the nail shops, have it at your house. If you have some to go to a nail shop, everyone go get your nails done, invite them back to your house for lunch, and all of a sudden you'll start building relationships with them. If you're a guy and you like to hunt or you like to fish, why do you go by yourself? Well, I like to be by myself. Well, that's okay, but... If you want to be able to reach people for Christ, invite some other guys to come with you. Make sure they know how to shoot a gun so they don't shoot you, okay? But invite them to come with you hunting or fishing or whatever and see what would happen and the difference you could make in their lives. One of the things that I've done over the years is that I love sporting events, so I will often buy some extra tickets and I'll invite guys to go to like a a Ball State game or a Colts game or something else. And over the past 14 years, I was thinking about it, that I bet I've invited over 50 guys to go to some game with me, and many of them then have come to Christ or they've started coming to church and their life has been kind of opened to things of God. One guy was, by, was a guy by the name of Jared. I uh, used to golf with Jared, and then uh, we kind of separated and we didn't talk to each other and then one day I got a ticket to some Colts games and so I invited him to go and uh, he went ahead and he went to the game with me and I simply used what I had which was a sporting ticket to be able to build a friendship with somebody else and we both liked Colts football until we went to the game and after the game I said hey Jared why don't you come to church and uh, he started coming, and he came with his family, and they started coming week after week after week. And then one day, I was talking with him, and he said, Chris, my pancreatic cancer that was in remission is back, and it doesn't look good at all. And we kept building a relationship together. And eventually, though, Jared lost his battle to pancreatic cancer. And he died. And I can remember at my friend's funeral, because I officiated at it, I just kept thinking, 
that had I never invited him to that game, because at the deathbed kind of moment, he accepted Christ. Had I never invited him to that game, would he ever been open to the things of God? Now, I'm not saying that he wouldn't. I'm not saying that Christ may not have done something else, because God says people matter to him. He wants to do anything and everything to bring them closer to him. But I started thinking to myself, what if I hadn't used that ticket? And you see, folks, all that ticket did was open him up to things of God. And as we built a friendship and relationship, then he was open to the things of God. Folks, God can use you to use whatever you have to reach other people for Christ. I mean, be like Matthew. Throw a party. Invite some people over and then watch to see what God could actually do. The second way you can reach out to people is you can invite someone to church. You can invite someone to church. There's a story in the Bible in which one day, um, we're not quite there, but we're going to get there here in just a second. Um, There's a story in the Bible in which one day, uh, Jesus... uh, goes to a well, and there's this water well, he goes to this well, and he's at this well, and uh, there's a lady that comes up, and she gets some water, and it's in the middle of the day, and in that culture, a woman would never go during the middle of the day unless they were trying to hide something. They would go early in the morning when it was cool, or later at night when it was cool, but not in the heat of the day. And so this woman comes, and she has some shame in her life. She's shame-filled. And she comes, and she has this terrible reputation, especially for the culture at that time. She had been married five different times to five different guys, and the guy that she was shacking up with now was not her husband. And this woman, she kind of hides, because she comes at the middle of the day hoping no one can see her, And she comes to this well, and she is absolutely empty. But Jesus meets her right where she's at, and she leaves from the well, not empty, but filled and forgiven and set free. Because when Jesus met her at the well, he didn't just give her some water, he gave living water. He actually gave him gave her himself. And in John chapter 4, we read this. Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come see a woman who told me everything I did. Could this be the Christ? They came out of the town and they made their way toward him. Now, what did she do? What did this lady do? Well, she didn't memorize some scripture to share. She didn't lead somebody in a prayer. She didn't preach some kind of sermon. She simply invited other people to come meet the Savior who she had met herself. In fact, this is what happened to a woman in our church, and we'll show the picture now, named Sarah. She and her friend beside her, named Jamie, used to work at the Ball State University dining service. 
And at first, each time Sarah would go to work, she noticed Amy working, but she didn't talk to her, but she started praying for her uh, for one minute a day. And she would pray each day, and then one day she took the risk and she walked across the dining room floor and she actually introduced herself and they started building a friendship. And months went by until there finally came a moment in which uh, Jamie opened up. And Jamie started sharing about how she had just gone through a really painful divorce and she was living uh, by herself, but she was raising three kids herself and that it was a struggle to be a single parent. So Sarah kept praying for her and praying for her and then one day, uh, back in the day, we used to have CDs of my teachings. And now all of that's on the computer, but uh, back in the day we had these CDs, and Sarah got one of these CDs, and she gave it to Jamie. She said, hey, I think this would be something that you would enjoy. And you know, if you're a pastor and someone passes on something, you feel good about that. And then all of a sudden, uh, Jamie never even listened to it. She passed it on to somebody else who she thought needed it more. Okay? So if you ever do that, don't tell me, okay, like Jamie did, because it really hurts your self-esteem. And, and Sarah would go, and she would give these uh, CDs all the time, and Jamie never listened to any of them. She gave like dozens away to other people, you know. And uh, finally then, one day, Sarah took the big risk, and we had an invitation like you'll receive when you leave today, and we had this invitation, and she simply invited Jamie to come to church and to her astonishment, Jamie actually came. And Jamie said this. I was talking to her this week. She said, once I started coming to church, I just decided I was tired of carrying bitterness and resentment toward my ex-husband and so many other people. So I just decided one Sunday that if God could forgive me, I could forgive them. And what happened was my heart became soft and at peace, and I had a peace now in my life that I had never felt before. And after that, Jamie accepted Christ, and then at one of our baptisms at Prairie Creek Reservoir, uh, Jamie actually was baptized. And uh, yeah, exactly, it's something to talk about. I mean, you'll clap for the Colts today if they win, you know what I mean? Like, here's someone's life's changed. And folks, this whole thing started with simply one person inviting another person to church. And folks, you can do the same thing. Tomorrow, some of you are going to go to work. Some of you will be in your neighborhood. Some of you will be walking around. And you'll see people around you. And there are people who are hurting, who are longing for someone to simply say, you matter. And you could invite them. Maybe you'll see someone at work and they're searching for something and you could invite them to experience the love of God. Maybe you'll see a guy at the gym when you're working out and he looks kind of discouraged and he needs some hope and you could actually invite him to experience the love of God. Maybe you'll see a neighbor who's hurting or who needs some comfort and you could invite them to experience the love of God. Or maybe if you're a student and you're in class you could see someone who always sits by themselves and who seems like they're a loner. You could walk across that classroom and help them to experience and invite them to experience the love of God. 
Folks, remember this. One invitation could be all it takes to change a person's life. Let me say that again. Just one invitation could be all that it takes to actually change a person's life, and you could be that change agent. Number, so how do we share the message of Jesus? You can share what you have. You can invite someone to church. And then finally, uh, the third thing, you can share your story. You can share your story. One day, uh, as Jesus was walking down the road, he noticed this guy who had been blind since birth. And Jesus comes up to him, and he actually places his hands on his eyes, and he heals him, and his sight is restored. Well, you can imagine this did not sit very well with the religious skeptics, the people who would burp religion all the time. And they began to criticize Jesus and to put him down. And, he told, and they told other people, this guy Jesus, he's just a con artist. What he is is just a big, big sinner. Well, you can imagine that the guy who had sight now was not going to take that. And so he kind of belted back, and this is what he said. Whether Jesus is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now what? I see. Now what does this man do? He simply shares his story. He says, I was blind, I met Jesus, and now I can see. Well, again, this did not sit very well with the religious leaders of their day. And so they became even more skeptical. And they go to the blind man, and this is what they ask. What did Jesus do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered, I have told you already, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Isn't that funny? I think it's like hilarious. He, he like says, oh, you guys haven't been listening. You, you want to follow us too? You want to become one of his disciples? What did this blind man do? He simply told his story. Folks, every single person in this gym today has one thing in common. There may be more, but one thing in common. You have a story. Every single person has a story. And your story is important, and your story matters to God. The question is, will you step out and share your story? There's a woman in our church by the name of Kathy uh, who prayed for years and years and years for a friend of hers named Gary. And uh, we have a picture of them here. Gary was a real tough guy. You can tell he kind of looks kind of looks like a WWE wrestler. You know, the mustache, the whole thing. Like, you know, Hulk Hogan or something. And uh, so he, he was a tough guy. And uh, I was talking with him. He said almost every day that I can remember I got in a fight uh, during school. And he said then when I was 14, something happened. He said my dad died. And he said when my dad died, I just went off the rails. 
and everything rocked my world. And he said, at that point, I started getting in trouble with the law. He said, I started drinking and carousing, hanging out with the gang. He said, I held grudges against everybody, and I didn't trust anyone anymore. But eventually, there was a woman that kind of found sympathy on him, his wife, Julie, and they got married. And Julie was a Christ follower, but Gary said, if we get married, I want nothing to do with this whole God thing. Well, Kathy knew Gary, and she knew about Gary's past, and so she just started praying for him daily. And Kathy knew that he would be a hard nut to crack, but she just had this feeling that maybe, just maybe, he would soften his heart because she really felt like God wanted to do some great things in Gary's life. And so she invited him to church one day. And this was when the church was this way, because we've had many changes, was this way. And uh, he came to church, and his wife Julie came with him, and she was so excited, oh, he's going to keep coming. And it was like a one and done, you know. Came once, that's it, I don't want any more of that. So Kathy just kept praying for him, praying for him, and I was teaching one time on the importance of sharing your story. And she actually met him, and they were at this gathering, and she pulled him aside, and she just took the risk and said, Gary, I want to tell you what God has done in my life and how my life has been changed, and this church called The Jar has been a big part of that. And it was something in the way that she told her story that Gary actually said, okay, I'll give this God thing one more chance. And so he started coming, and they started coming regularly. And then one Sunday, again, I was we were all this way, we were all that toward that direction. And I just had this prompting. If any of you, we were sharing communion that Sunday, I said, if any of you have never accepted Christ, and you want to do that today, and you want to receive your first communion today, I invite you to come up. And I didn't know this at the time, but uh, Kathy was sitting up there in the front on that side, actually, and she was praying, and Gary's wife, Julie, was praying, and Gary's wife, Julie, got up, and she went to go get the communion, and she said, you coming with me? And Gary said, no, 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 I'm not going to go with you. And then all of a sudden, she walked back to her seat, and Gary wasn't there. You know, did he got? Did he just, like, go straight up into heaven? You know, what, what was the deal? Or in hell? Or, you know, what, like, where's he at? And he said, I don't know what happened that day, Chris, but he said, there was just something within me, God's spirit, that prompted me to go up. And he took communion for the very first time. And he was such a tough guy when he came up. I think you could see the shocked look on my face like, are you sure? You know, <laughs> you know, good, but are you sure? And he took communion for the very first time. And do you know why he never took communion or never came to church before that? Because he didn't think he was good enough. He didn't think he was good enough. I guarantee, folks, you have some friends in your life who don't think they're good enough. And they're longing for someone to do that. And finally, what Gary learned on that day was I didn't have to be good enough because God was more than good enough for me and he would love me no matter what. And shortly after that, uh, Gary got baptized out at Prairie Creek. And he gave his life to Christ. Exactly. And this is the cool story about Gary. 
He's got no buddy of his down in Tennessee. They used to work together. His life is a total mess. The guy called him, and uh, Gary recently just went down to Tennessee, and he spent a whole two or three days trying to help him and reach out to him because now he wants to share his story with someone else. Folks, your story is important. And it was Kathy's story that kind of softened Gary's heart to then be open to the things of God. And because of that, Kathy was willing to risk and share her story. And now Gary is in eternity because of that. Let me share you one, w- with you one more story. There's a person who used to always wear a mask. He wore a mask constantly. And he looked really good on the outside. But on the inside, he was lonely and felt like he had nothing at all to offer. But at 26, he met the fullness of Jesus Christ, and he finally realized that I didn't have to climb up a ladder to actually get to God, but he realized that God would actually love me as is. And one day he accepted the freedom that came in Christ himself, and today he doesn't wear a mask, he actually doesn't have a fake life, but he has a real life, because he knows that God loves him no matter what. And that story, folks, is my story. And I've told that story to dozens and dozens of people, and I just shared it with you in 90 seconds, and you can do the same. And there are people in your life that are longing to hear from you. So before we close today, what I'd like you to do In your program, in your outline, at the very bottom, there are three empty blanks. So at the bottom of your program, it just has three empty blanks, or you can do it online as well. And what I want you to do is, if you're a Christ follower, for you to simply ask the question, do I know anyone in my life who is not following Christ or who is not connected to the church? And what I want you to do is to write their name down. If you think they would be a good candidate for God's love and grace, which is all of us, any of your friends, then write their names down. You can do this now, or you can do this later on, or whenever. And I want you to write their names down and start praying for these people. And then if possible, if it feels natural, that you could actually invite them to come to the Civic next Sunday. Now, here's what's really cool and personal about this exercise for me. 17 years ago, I listened to a message from a pastor who asked me to do this. And so I wrote down three names of people. Two of the three, I thought there is no way. I mean, they were hell-bound and they were excited about it. And I thought there is no way they would ever come to Christ. And as I stand here 17 years later, all three of them have accepted Christ and they're walking in His way. Why? Because prayer, folks, is powerful. The light only shines in the darkest of places. And because we lift up His name of Jesus, 
He longs to have his people to reach out to other people and say, you matter, you matter, you matter, you matter. And you have the opportunity this week to invest in someone's life, to share what you have, to invite them to church, to share their story, and let them know that they matter to God. And the question is, will you take the time to do that? So write down their name and then see what God might do with that. Let's pray. Father, we pray right now through your Holy Spirit that you would inspire us as a church to be the light of the world. God, show us that we can use what we have and invite people to church and to share our story. And God, I pray that we would really think about this week, what are those three people that we could reach out to and show your love? Right now, just where you're sitting, nobody looking, heads bowed, eyes closed. How many of you would say that there is at least one person in your life who you really, really love, who you know have never experienced the love and grace of Jesus Christ? Would you just raise your hand and say, you know what, there's one person in my life that I really, really love who I know, yeah, hands up every week. I want to pray for them right now. God, I pray that you would use each person in this gym today. Use every person here who cares about someone to show your love. God, when someone's hurting, I pray that we would be the first one to show them grace. When someone sins, that we would show them grace and we would help them to want to turn to the ways of God. God, I pray that you would use the things that we have used in our lives. That we would give them away freely so we could be a blessing to others. I've never regretted one single time paying 50 bucks or 60 bucks or 70 bucks for a Colts ticket to see someone else come to Christ. I've never regretted spending 10 bucks or 15 bucks for a Ball State game just to invite someone and to see them come to Christ. And so God, I pray that you would use our stories, you would help us to invite so we could lift your name up. God, I really believe by faith that just like my three friends years ago who are now in the family of God, that there would be more and more, could be hundreds in this place even today, that they would come to Christ and we would show that kind of love. As we keep praying, maybe some of you are at a point in your life where you recognize that there is a void in your life. Or maybe you've drifted away from God and you're just kind of drifting back. And maybe today's the day where you would actually say, you know what, yes, I need your forgiveness. I need your grace. I need you in my life. And if you're ready to turn away from your sins and to trust God again and or for the first time and say, God, I want you in my life, I invite you to pray this prayer after me. And no one here at the jar ever prays alone. We always pray together. So I just invite you to pray this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. 
I believe you died and rose again so I could live with you. Fill me with your spirit so I could know you, serve you, and follow you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, let's give a hand to everybody who said that prayer for the first time. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Good morning. If you said that prayer for the first time today, we want to come alongside of you, or maybe you made a recommitment to Christ. Um, we want to join you. We, we want you to join us after we accepted Christ's table, um, just to give you a gift and um, just to be able to answer any questions. Um, also, on your Connect card, if you pull that out, we're going to receive that here in just a second when we um, receive the offering. Or you can check that you accepted Christ today on this card as well. That way we can reach out to you and just stay connected with you. Um, so go ahead and get that Connect card out. If you filled it out on the app, great. If you haven't done so, you can go ahead and do that um, by hand or on the app. It's just a way that we can stay connected with you. Um, and at this time, I'm going to ask the greeters to come forward as we're going to receive an offering. Um, if you are new here, we don't want you to feel pressured at all. Just please keep your wallets and purses to yourself. Um, if you call the jar your church home, we just ask that you would give as God has given to you. So if you would just bow your heads with me to pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much um, for today, and thank you so much for all the wonderful things that you have done in this place. Um, we're just so grateful for the lives that have been changed here, and um, just so grateful that we could share so many years here at the Y. We look forward to what you're going to do at the Civic, and um, I just pray that you would bless this offering, um, bless each person who gives, and um, just help it to multiply your kingdom and help us to um, use it in ways to reach um, people and let them know that they matter to you. We thank you so much for who you are. Amen. If you are new here and you haven't had a chance to check it out, we have our guest connections table in the corner. Abby's there waving. We have a free gift for you. Um, no strings attached. We just want to give that gift to you and answer any questions that you might have. Um, so as Chris said, we are going to be moving to the Civic next Sunday. So don't come here next Sunday. We won't be here. We'll be at the Civic. Um, but we want to lift that up in prayer, and we know God is going to move in a big way. So this coming Wednesday on the 24th, we are actually going to be meeting at the Civic at 630 to pray. Um, we're going to pray over every single room. We're going to pray over every single chair, and we're going to have some wonderful worship music with that as well. Don't feel pressured like you have to pray out loud or anything like that. You can just come, um, and we'll just pray collectively, and um, we're just really excited about all that God's going to do. So please join us for that um, so we can prepare for the big day on Sunday. And believe it or not, even though it just got really cold yesterday, the holidays are like a little over a month away. Crazy to think about. Um, but for the holidays, a lot of people, you know, we enjoy time with family and friends, and that's a wonderful thing. But for those of us who have lost somebody, um, it can be especially hard around the holidays. So we have some, um, we have a support group here at the JAR called Grief Share, and we will be holding a special event with that called Surviving the Holidays. And that's going to be held three different times. So that'll be November 5th, 6th, and then um, on December 2nd after church. So um, if you are struggling with that or you know somebody, please invite them, and we would love for them to join us. Um, and then we also have a 13-week series that meets throughout the year, and that starts on November 12th. So just check your program. There's more information about that, and we just want to um, come alongside people who are struggling with grief and know that you're not alone.
So at this time, I'm going to invite the prayer team to come forward. If you would like prayer for anything, I'll be up here, and then um, someone else will be here as well. Well, remember, this Wednesday is prayer night, and so we want to encourage you to come uh, to be a part of that. I'm going to be there, and uh, the way that God has moved in everything is because we've been a church that really does pray, and so we hope that you would do that. On Friday, uh, one thing I'm going to be challenging you to do, there's a little uh, insert in your program on fasting. And so if you've never fasted before and you're not sure uh, what that means, there's an insert there. But we're going to be asking people on Friday for their noon lunch uh, to just go ahead and to uh, take a moment where uh, you wouldn't eat, but you would use that time to actually pray uh, for Uh, the move to the civic and to see what God would do with that. Folks, God has done great things in this space, and he's going to do greater things as we go forward into chapter 2. And what I want us to do right now is to celebrate God just like we did on the very first Sunday 14 years ago by just worshiping and celebrating him and for the fact that he is the God of this city and a God who cares. So uh, Caleb's going to lead us here in just uh, a little bit. You're the God of the city. You're the king of his people. You're the Lord of his nation. You are You're the light. You're the light in this darkness. You're the home to the hopeless. You're in peace to the restless. You are. Let's sing this together. And there is no one like our God. And there is no one like our God. loved in this place. See you at the Civic and don't come alone. Bring somebody, okay? Thanks everybody.